You're listening to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Oh, are we going to have fun? We are going to have so much fun today. On the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Brandon Bishop, and my blood pressure medication is going to come in so damn handy today. It's, it's going to work overtime. Because right now, the date that I'm recording this is June 28th. 2019. And do you hear that shit behind me? That's somebody outside the studio, which by the way is in a residential area, popping off fireworks. Popping off fireworks on June 28th. I understand on July 4th, it's the day where we celebrate our independence, which nobody fucking does. And it's the day that, uh, you know, you get to go out and eat processed meats and act like a fucking idiot when you get drunk and just kill yourself drinking and driving and uh, pop off fireworks in your hand and blow your fingers off and annoy your fucking neighbors. But it's June 28th. Friday, June 28th. It's absolutely disrespectful. And let me tell you why it's disrespectful. I could just say it's disrespectful and that's enough. But no, let me tell you exactly why and who this is disrespectful to. It's not just me. Trust me. It's disrespectful for a lot of reasons. Mainly because here's the thing. When you're about to shoot that firework off that you're so proud of, you fucking idiot, because it's, by the way, we're in Colorado Springs where it's illegal to shoot off fireworks in residential areas. That's one. Um... But there's like these things behind all these windows and doors. They're called people that have lives. Granted, it's a Friday night. Who gives a shit? A lot of these people have to work tomorrow. Maybe some of them are just getting back from work and they want to go to sleep. Maybe there's a dog in some of these houses around here that uh, just freaks the fuck out every single 4th of July. They hate it. Maybe there's a newborn baby in a nice little crib over there sleeping in just getting his his rest for the day. You know, they had such a hard baby day. And some douchebag, yes, you, if you're listening, you are a complete and utter fucking douchebag. If you're out there just, I'm going to pop off a firework, America. What is wrong with you? It doesn't make any sense to me. It just... I gotta make a bunch of noise. Hey, buddy, look at me. I got this thing that goes boom. (laughs) It's you same stupid sons of bitches that are out there booming your bass music. I don't care if it's my favorite fucking song. If you're out there booming your shit at 3 o'clock in the morning or any time of the day in a residential area, you're a piece of shit. You know, I got my cat here in his studio, and you know what? Every time she hears that thing popping off, she goes and runs under the bed because it scares the shit out of her. It scares all pets. It scares small children. Hell, it even freaked me out when I first heard it. I'm from Detroit. When you hear something like that, it's normally not a firework. 
And this is like literally not even 100 yards away from the window that I'm looking out at. Now, I could call the cops, but, you know, with all due respect to the Colorado Springs Police Department, you call the non-911 number. It takes about five minutes to get somebody after you go through all the different options and everything like that. You could go online, and then that doesn't do anything. And if you don't sign a complaint, which is basically giving that person that you're complaining about your address, phone number, and information, and name, then the cops basically won't even come out to begin with. And there's so many of you douchebags out there doing this that they can't, they can't even get to everybody. Where is the respect? And you know what? You know, I, I get it. When I was in my 20s, yeah, I was out there doing that as with I was out there doing that with them. Absolutely I was. I didn't give a shit about the person behind that window. You know why? Because I was a selfish little prick. Nobody called me out like I'm calling you out right now. Nobody called me out and said, hey Brandon, maybe you shouldn't do that because there's people trying to fucking sleep in here. And yeah, maybe now that I'm in my 40s, I'm the grumpy old man or whatever you want to call me. I don't give a shit. It's not about being a grumpy old man. It's just about waking up and going, oh yeah, there's this thing called respect. And I appreciate it. And I deserve it. And I want it from everybody as much as I give it to others at this point. And you know what? Man, society. <laughs> oh boy, society. Society, society, society. You are just not a respectful society anymore. It's, it gets worse. It gets worse. It seems like it gets worse by the year. Not only like stupid dumbasses like these people outside with the fireworks. I'm talking with the booming of the radio. I'm talking smoking out in front of entrances. I'm talking there's so much. And you know what? That's really, <laughs> I have to save this stuff. I have to bottle this up for about another, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. Because that's the topic of the meat on this podcast. And Shannon's not here and it's, Probably a good thing that Shannon's out in Austin, Texas doing her business uh, because I wouldn't want to be around me when I get fired up like this. And there's a lot more stuff, man. There's so much more stuff that I'm literally just going to bitch and moan about. Maybe if one person, if one of you douchebags out there, and I'm not talking, I'm not calling all of you douchebags by any means. I love you people, especially if you're listening to my shit. I love ya. But maybe... There's one of you out there that has a firework, a whole bag of them. And they, they want to go out in their backyard, which is in the middle of a subdivision. And they want to set those things on fire and shoot them into the air on any day but July 4th. And then after 9 o'clock on July 4th, maybe you'll hear this and you'll go, you know, maybe I shouldn't. Brandon's right. Behind all these windows and doors, there are people living their lives, trying to watch TV, trying to listen to my damn podcast, and I'm going to interrupt them. I'm going to wake up their babies. I'm going to freak out their cats and dogs and gerbils and squirrels. <sighs> Maybe I won't be a douchebag because Brandon set me straight. They're still doing it. It is 9.30 at night right now, which is, you know, it's not late for me. I'm up till 5 o'clock in the morning, but... Uh, seemingly every night. <laughs> I never sleep. Um, and these people do this till like 2 o'clock in the morning, too. I go hunting for these people. Maybe it's not the smartest thing, but I do. I drive around and I find them and I tell them to knock it the fuck off. I've done this every single year. I shouldn't have to, though. That's the thing. I shouldn't have to do it. 
Oh my goodness. Anyways, this is the intro to the show. Let's get to the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. Okay, we know what all the headlines are about. It's the first Democratic debate in Miami. Ten the first night, ten the second night, which means basically nobody got a chance to talk. Um, Last week on the podcast, I gave the Hall of Respect to Andrew Yang because I really... Uh, like I said, if you've looked, if you took my advice and you went on YouTube and you went to the Sci TV page on YouTube and you looked up the Angry Show, the Brandon Plan, Andrew Yang is the closest thing to what I would do as president. He is saying the same things that I have said for a decade, which should be done in this country, and I respect that. But honestly, on this debate, uh, which happened I think yesterday, was just he got he got swallowed up, unfortunately. Uh, it was all about Biden and Sanders, which is fine. I'm a Sanders fan. I am afraid to vote for Sanders because if he gets elected, he's, I mean, granted, he's, he's going to live to be 95, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to be president when I'm in my 80s. I don't, it's just, I love what he has to say, and I'm hoping someone like Andrew Yang can bring that to life with the youthful exuberance, maybe an Elizabeth Warren, maybe, um, and here's the thing, you know, I know there's a lot of Trump listeners that listen. I know I get the emails and stuff. But how can you possibly be supporting the man at this point? It makes no freaking sense. And and here's why. I'm, I'm going to give you actual examples. I'm not just going to say he's a, a sexist, misogynist, uh, racist. I'm not just going to say those things and throw it out there as uh, common insults without any substance behind it. Here, here's why. I personally, and you know what, I actually liked Donald Trump in the 80s. I thought he was cool. He was sitting at ringside at WrestleMania 4 and 5. How could he not be cool? Hell, he was at another WrestleMania years later in Detroit. He was, um, I'm a big wrestling fan. Obviously, I got the Nine Mile Drive wrestling podcast coming out featuring me and my stories and all that stuff from my 16 years in wrestling. So that, you know, I mean, Donald Trump's a WWE Hall of Famer at this point. He was in movies that I liked. He was a cool guy, man, back in the day, in the 80s. And honestly, the stuff that he stood for back then, he's not standing for now. <sighs> but the things that he's done since he's been in office, he's obviously obviously a puppet of the machine and we don't need that anymore that is old school business that is old school politics we don't, he goes in there saying i'm not in the system i'm not a politician i'm a bullshit you have been the absolute puppet the absolute model for a lobbyist hand up your ass puppet that has just you pulled out of the iran nuclear agreement let me tell you why he did that Within the nuclear agreement with Iran, no countries were allowed to build short-range missiles. Well, as a puppet of the military-industrial complex, guess what we've been making ever since? Which puts the world um, in, in a very, very, very dangerous position right now. Because if Iran and Russia and China can develop short-range nuclear weapons that aren't, you know, city busters, but they're definitely small city busters... Those things can be held in somebody's freaking, in a large backpack. I, I mean, maybe not, but they can be put on a jet. They can be put, and they're impossible to shoot down. So the military-industrial complex, guess what? They got themselves a new contract, don't they? They've got themselves uh, a whole lot of money coming into those wallets that are already filled with a whole lot of money. 
that is why I believe that he pulled out of that agreement, or maybe just because the word Iran was on there. We can't have anything going with Iran. You know what? There are some damn good people, people in Iran. I'm not talking about the government. Yeah, they're just as scumbag as ours. But the people in Iran, that is who I think about. There's amazingly wonderful people in there that don't want any of this. All they want to do is put food on the table and raise their kids, go to work. That, that is, you know, they want to create. They want to love. They want to be happy. They want to travel. They'd probably love to come here and see this, as I would love to go there and see Iran. Anthony Bourdain did a, a thing in Iran, one of his shows, I think Parts Unknown, on CNN. And it was just an, an eye-opener. The, the people were amazing. They treated them good. Of course, they have their customs. Of course, they have their backwards religions, just like we do. But you know what? They're really no different than us. And, I mean, Donald Trump, <clears throat> fucking damn it, he's just, it, it seems like there's, a, there's always a profitable agenda behind everything he does. The DACA thing with the, the Dreamers or whatever that is. Yeah, of course, we're going to save $750 million by throwing those kids away. But those kids, I don't give a damn where they're from. That's the future, dude. Imagine if you shit on all the kids from other countries up until now. We wouldn't have half the stuff that we have. And you know what? As crappy as this is to say, illegal immigration puts food on our tables. It does all the work that, you know, you and I are going to complain about doing and not want to do. The Paris Climate Agreement. Every other country, just about every other country, civilized country, is a part of this thing. We were a part of this thing. Brought the world together. Oh, I'm going to pull out of that too. Why? Because apparently we're paying the biggest chunk of it. Well, you know what? We have the biggest economy. Of course we're going. You you always <laughs> tell us that, you know, the, the, the rich should pay more because, no, it's, we are the rich. Maybe not me personally. Maybe not you listening. But if it means cleaning up the earth, I don't mind paying a couple bucks extra a month in taxes. Nobody does. we got 350 million people here, and they're all paying taxes some way or another. Let's just say 250 million of them are adults that pay taxes. No, you, If you asked anybody, any of those 250 million people, would you mind paying five extra dollars a month to help keep the world <laughs> clean or just having regulations that keep the world clean and maybe put out a couple more years at the end of our, of, of our rope here, a couple more feet at the end of our rope? None of them would, there, there's no way anybody would say, no, I'm not giving you five bucks for that. Oh, you know what? I take that back. He is in office and people did vote for him. These are the, these are the reasons. And then on, on top of that, on top of that, see, I'm not an Obama guy either. I'm not a Bush guy. I was, I was a Clinton guy. But looking back, you could look at things that he did that was just stupid, like the prison reform and all that stuff, just absolutely stupid. You can keep going back. You can go to JFK, who everybody thinks is the greatest president in the world, but even he did a lot of stupid stuff. He was a sleazebag. He was a criminal as well, just like his father, Joe Kennedy. You can go back to George Washington, and you're going to find a great wealth of things that were just shitty and uncalled for and downright stupid that every president has done. But they all fail 
to compare, except for maybe George Bush Jr. They all fail to compare with the buffoonery of this current president. And you know what? This is not, this is not going to be the podcast where I sit here and just trash the president because it's been done. Now it's time to do something. And you got 20 people, and that's the headlines. This is the headlines. You've got 20 people on a stage, bumping elbows. None of them had a chance to say a damn thing. And that's going to be interesting to see where they go from here, to see if they get an opportunity to have a big stage like that again. I mean, people like Gillibrand, and, uh, who just blinked. I counted 100 blinks in a minute. She has to stop doing that. It's making her unelectable. Um, and I know that's a shallow thing to say, and it's a shallow opinion, but little things like that count. If she wants to be taken seriously, keep your damn eyes open, girl, because you just that's, that's all I could think about was counting how many times she blinks in a minute. I got it to 100, literally exactly 100 when the thing hit 60 on my phone. <laughs> I know, like I said, that's the kind of stupid shit that we have to think about, honestly. Bernie, God damn it, four years or however many years ago it was, Four years ago, I guess, is when he started his campaign. He was the hottest person in the world. He was the most popular, most loved person in the world. Even birds liked him. They landed on his podium, gave him that moment. All of that. And you dumbasses voted for Hillary Clinton. Or did you? I'm under the impression that none of this matters. Because I think it's already foreshadowed. It's already a conclusion at this point. We already have the next president. We already have the winner of the next election. We already probably have the next three or four presidents already planned. You know, my conspiracy mind always makes me think this way because I truly believe that. I truly believe that we have the impression of freedom of choice. We have the impression of voting. And I think that we have the impression that our, we make a difference. But in the long run, do you really think the people that own this country and own this planet and own the money and everything like that are going to allow little people like us to make a decision that big? And if we did, does it really make a difference who we put in there? Because it kind of doesn't. Everybody had all this hope for Obama, but nothing changed. If anything, things got worse. I won't say they got worse after Bush, but they didn't get amazing for anybody that I know, at least. Um, all people did was show their racist faces and say, oh, we can't have a black president or whatever color, wherever he's from. It, it, it divided the country. And then Trump, oh, my goodness, those same people after Trump took office are like, oh, we're free to be racist and stupid now. With the emphasis on stupid. I'm not going to call Trump supporters racist. I will call them misguided. Uh, I will call them selfish. I will call them uh, slightly ignorant. I have great close friends that are diehard Trump supporters. and like, things have never been better. Bullshit. <laughs> For who? Yeah, things are amazing if you're making over, what is it, like 150K a year. Things were amazing for you before that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be making 150 k a year. You know, I'm barely, barely in that conversation, and things are not better for me. If anything, my rent just went up a couple hundred bucks, and I got to get a new car. And, you know, I'm, these are not the government's problems whatsoever, and I understand that, and I wouldn't want them to be 
babysitting me. But we live in a time, we live in a place where healthcare is a luxury. Higher education is a luxury. It's in the same category as driving a sports car, living in the biggest house on the block. Why? At this point in 2020, 20 fucking 20, that's the year when I was a kid that we should have flying cars and there was, it was the space age at that point. It's not. I mean, granted, we have a computer and a phone and a, you know, all that video phone and stuff and a camera and all that in our pocket every day. Um, I'm doing a podcast from a small studio with that can reach millions of people. That's awesome. Yeah, all these things are amazing. But it's not sci-fi days yet. We're not, we're not fighting aliens and stuff, thankfully. But we live in a time where things like like healthcare and education, just to just to peel the cream off the top, it's it's not nothing's changed. And people are saying, well, it's always been that way. Well, no, it does it, it wasn't always that way. The New Deal back with FDR and everything, no, people didn't go crazy and broke paying for college and health care. If they got sick, they didn't die, they were treated. This is all new stuff, and everybody thinks just because it's new for them in their lifetime, or it's always been in their lifetime, that it's always going, that it's just the way it is. That's the way, that's how stupid people think. They refuse to open their mind, they refuse to open their eyes, they refuse to open their heart. And here we are. Thankfully, I've got health insurance. Thankfully, my kid's covered. Thankfully, my mom's covered, and that's my whole family. But, you know, all the money that, you know, my mom's on different medications and stuff, and I, I got, a, like I said at the top, I got a blood pressure medication. It's the first medication I've ever taken in my life. What if I really needed that, man? And healthcare only, our healthcare only covers so much. Then there's the co-pays. Then there's all the other bullshit. Then there's the missing work. Then there's, why is it a luxury for me to feel good? You know, I didn't always have health care. I was a pro wrestler for 16 years, and I had no health care that entire time. And I'd break bones, and I'd just suffer through it, and just figure out. And I had a broken toe that I taped up <laughs> with, with the same wrestling tape I put around my wrists. I taped it for... It's fine now. I actually must have did a good job, but I didn't go to the doctor for that. I just limped and taped it. And there's millions of people that do that. You know, Obamacare was terrible. It was a not good. It was flawed in a million ways. And, and it was an attempt, but it was stupid. Everything we've had since has been an attempt, but it's stupid. So you're telling me that Canada can afford it, England can afford it, Japan can afford it, all the civilized nations out there can afford universal health care, but we can't? How much was that new um, uh, aircraft carrier that they just put out there? I think they're building a couple of them, as well as the F-5 series uh, fighter jets that we're going to put on them. How much was all that stuff? We're spending 70, what is it, $780 billion a year on the military. And I get it. You got to protect the borders. You got to take care of the soldiers that protect us. I get it. You got to take care of them before you throw them to slaughter. I get it. I was in the Army. I know how that goes. You sign away your freedom. 
You sign away your opinions. You sign away your rights to an intellectual thought or to be part of the conversation. You sign that shit away immediately. And if they send you somewhere, they send you somewhere. If you die, you die. Here's 200 grand for your family and good riddance. Thanks for your service. Nobody forces us to sign up. I did it. I did it to get off the streets in Detroit. Things fell apart for me there. And you know what? It was a great option. It also put me halfway through college. And it also, uh, I say halfway because I had to pay the other half. But we don't need to spend as much as the next 15 nations combined on a military. I know that goes into cyber stuff, which is very important. I know that goes into uh, satellites and just crazy expensive stuff. And I know all that's important. I get it. But we don't need all of it every single year. Put away some of that money just so we can be healthy, just so we can be educated. Now back to these 20 people on the stage. I like Andrew Yang. I like Elizabeth Warren. Kamala Harris impressed me. I like Bernie Sanders. I don't really, I thought Joe Biden showed some fire. But the rest of them need to drop out now and let the, let the front runners, because they're not going to win. I can't even remember most of their, who's this girl, Williamson? She's not going to win. Gillibrand, she's not going to win. The two from uh, Colorado, the former mayor Hickenlooper, he's not going to win. De Blasio is not going to win. You guys are not going to win. Drop out. Stop hogging the spotlight so you can write about it in your next book or whatever you're doing. Knock it off. Then you got all these libertarians and you've got all the uh, the Green Party or whatever. I don't fucking know who's who anymore. It would be great if politics in, in these election uh, seasons, it would be great if they would apply a pro wrestling tournament mentality. Let the people vote that way. Have you and you go up against each other, whoever wins by popular vote and only popular vote, not the gerrymandering bullshit, not the electoral college bullshit, popular vote, you versus you. Winner moves on to the next round until you have won. And that person very much at that point would have proved himself or herself to take out Trump. (sighs) Anyways, last episode went like way too long. So I'm going to shut down the headlines right now and I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the meat. Give me the meat. Give me the meat. Can you have any pudding if you don't give me the meat? Like I said before, Shannon Flaherty is my uh, my normal co-host here is in Austin, Texas, uh, pitching out her snake oil to a bunch of people and uh, her CBD products. And I miss her, but at the same time, I'm happy for her so she doesn't have to sit next to me as I break a sweat in uh, the topic of the meat. Which I told you last week, the meat this week is going to be about things Brandon hates. Now, I started the top of the show telling you about these fucktards outside, excuse my French, fucktards outside that are popping off fireworks like 100 yards from the studio window here. And it's only June 28th. 
let's just that's I mean I already talked enough about it you know that I hate it all I'm gonna say that was not a firework I have a fish tank literally across the room that's how good this microphone is I guess because I heard it in my headphones and I have one of those little suckle fishes he's yellow and he throws rocks around it's nuts it scares the crap out of me in the middle of the night and it's just uh, it, I don't hate the fish I'm not gonna talk about him in the meat but he may become meat in a sandwich or something he's pretty big I'm going to make a fillet of suckle fish out of this guy if he doesn't knock it off. He's being a dick. So, um, <laughs> I, that's, you know what? Maybe I will add that to the meat. Maybe that is something I hate. What a disrespectful fish. What an asshole fish. I'm a little, um, a little perturbed about that fish, actually. And, you know, he's been torturing me. He treats the other fish in the tank rude. He's a bully. I got this little alien statue that I got in Roswell when we were filming the UFO show with Amy Duma, and he just throws that thing around. The other fish are at the top of the water. They're like, screw this guy. He's an asshole, and he's like three times their size. So, yeah, I might make a nice little uh, suckle fish. His name's Wilfred, so I'm going to make a nice... He did it... What is he doing? I'm going to make like a nice Wilfred tartare or something like that. A little lemon juice, lime juice, onions. <sighs> Anyways, things I hate... And Shannon, I'm so glad you're not here because I'm going to be throwing my arms around. I might accidentally smack you in the face. I'm going to be talking like a like a 60 year old Italian woman. Just yeah. and now my cat's going to start meowing. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, animal life here at the studio. <laughs> but none as fired up as I am. Uh, it's uh, it's just one of those topics, and I don't want to go too long because I don't want you to think I'm just some bitter asshole. I love my life. I love you. I love my son. I love my cat. And yes, I even love Wilfred the Sucklefish. But there are things that are just, as I get older, there are things that just piss me the F off. And I, it's weird because I didn't notice these things when I was growing up. I didn't notice people driving like assholes. I didn't notice uh, disrespectful. And I'm sure it was happening. I, maybe I was even doing it. That's why I didn't notice but I'm just that guy now, man. I'm just that guy that's on the front yard telling people to just stop being stupid. I mean, I just, I see stupid everywhere. I look around and I'm just like, well, that person's stupid who just basically, you know, couldn't wait an extra minute of his life to make that turn. So he had to blow through the red light and cut that old lady off. Um, you know, the person pushing the shopping cart down the aisle at super fast speeds and almost running into people. That actually happened to me today. I had to look at him. Are you in a hurry? Thankfully, I'm a 265-pound, uh, six-foot-one guy who's uh, somewhat menacing looking, I guess, when I want to be. I learned that in pro wrestling, but it's... Um... <laughs> oh, people, 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 people. What else? What else is pissing me off? Every day, every hour, every half hour, Somebody, and I live in a decent part of town, somebody drives down the street near my house or even a half a mile away thumping bass music. And like I said, it's not that I don't like rap music, even though I don't. It's not that I don't like electro music, which I don't, or whatever they call it, trance or thump. What is that? Techno, I guess, is what we used to call it. It's not that I, it has nothing to do with me hating that music. I choose not to listen to it. That's how I deal with it. I don't want to listen to it. Like And like I said, it could be somebody with a super bass system that's pumping the Doors or the Beatles or Pink Floyd out in their car. If I hear it from your car, in my house, through the windows, 
over the sound of the TV or the radio and the fans and the air conditioning, everything that I've got going on here, if I hear your shit over all of that, you're an asshole. Why can't you comprehend that? You're just a freaking asshole. And it doesn't make a difference if you're my best friend or somebody I would consider my worst enemy. You're just an asshole for that. You may not be an asshole with every aspect of your life. You may do charity stuff all the time. You may be a wonderful parent. You may be uh, a saint. But for the moment that you're in your car and you're thumping your bass, and, and we can hear it. <laughs> just don't think that we can't hear your shit. If it's really loud in your car and it's... If you're hearing this, every time I hear this, I wish that I was smart enough to develop an app on my phone that just has a picture of like a little bass speaker on there or something. I can hit that app, open it up, and hit a green button. And when the green button like activates, it follows the bass waves all the way to your car, and it blows up your fucking radio. That is technology that I need to invent. I'm sure it's possible, some kind of sound wave type of deal. It'd be a... Uh, I need to get on that or something. Just don't do it, man. You know what? If, if, if you have to listen to music that loud, put on some fucking headphones or something, dude. I mean, and I get it. I love listening to loud music when I'm on the freeway or if I'm on a major commercial district or something like that. But when I'm like pulling up to my house or driving by other people's houses, it just makes you stupid. That's what everyone's thinking. Nobody's thinking like, that guy's really cool. No, nobody's thinking that. They're like, wow, that guy has shitty taste in music and he's a disrespectful twat of a person. That is what we're all thinking. So if you're listening to this, and like I said, like I said, if I just change one person, if one person doesn't fire off their firecrackers at night, days before 4th of July and days after 4th of July or after 9 p.m. or whatever on 4th of July, if I change one person and bring them to a realization that they just suck as a human at that point, if I change one person who's thumping their music down the street, if I just change that one person, and normally I change them directly, here's a story for you. <laughs> just, just a couple days ago. Um... There's an apartment complex that's not too far from here, and that's where the fireworks are actually coming from. That apartment complex, on their application, it must say, are you a douchebag? And there's like a yes or a no, and everybody, if they check yes, then they, they can move in. That has to be it. Because everybody over there is a freaking douchebag. Not only we got the fireworks people, who suck. There was some dipshit over there in one of those old classic cars with this, you know, the probably a $500 car and a $1,500 stereo system in the trunk. And it was going on for like an hour. Now, I'm not going to go to chasing down cars. If you're passing it, I can deal with it for a few seconds, whatever. It doesn't bother me. But if you're stopped in a parking lot and you're thumping your shit, what are you doing? That shouldn't even be a thing. That shouldn't even cross your mind that that's okay. It's dumb. All you're doing is making everybody fucking hate you. Nobody is impressed with you. You look like a douchebag. You sound like a douchebag. And you are a douchebag for doing that. Same people that leave their cars running outside of gas stations and stuff like that. I want to hear my music when I'm inside. You know, I want to interview these people because I want to know what they're thinking. 
I'm sure it'll end up in fist fights. I'll win some, I'll lose some, whatever. But as long as there's a camera rolling and they give me a decent answer, maybe I'll leave them like, here's 20 bucks. I just got to ask you a question. What the fuck are you thinking? Maybe I should rephrase that so it isn't so combative. What is it? What is, um, let me see, how can I ask that question without just tearing them to shreds? What, uh, okay, what is your, um, okay, maybe I can even like identify with them first. I'll be like, so what's the song that you're listening to? Oh, okay, it's uh, Young Douche Do Whatever the Hell. There's so many new crappy rap <laughs> bands and electro bands and all these stuff, which, by the way, that's another thing I'll get to in about five minutes about modern-day music. That might even be another whole show. I'm just going to say push-button music. that takes zero talent to create. Anyway, back to the guy. So what are you thinking by, uh, like, booming it so loud when you're parked? See, even that, I know these people because I argue with them all the time and I fight with them all the time. He'll be like, fuck you, man. And that's exactly what they sound like, all of them. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. doesn't matter where they're from. doesn't matter what god they worship. They always come up with, yeah, man, fuck you, fuck you. That's exactly what they say every time because they're incapable, incapable of intelligent debate. They're incapable of respecting others. So if I was to ask them, say, hey, man, uh, could you turn your music down a bit? Fuck you. That's exactly what they would say. All of them. So I confront this guy. I drive, actually get into my car and drive to the apartment complex, which is about, eh, about 100 yards away. I say, hey, man, do you mind turning down your music? And he looks at me. Some fat guy. The fuck you say? I said, you'd hear me if you turn your music down. Can you please turn down your music? You're pissing off people a half mile away. Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> you ask nice. You ask nice. And that's how they that's how they react. They're cavemen. They're Neanderthals. And it was some like techno music, something. Just the worst, just the worst ghetto. And and you know what? I don't. He, he was a white guy. It's not. A, it's not a race thing at all. I know people turn that into it because they're, like I said, incapable of intelligent thought and incapable of listening to what I'm actually trying to say here. I'm I'm basically coming from a love thy neighbor, respect everybody aspect, and people think I'm being combative, but I'm not. I just want people to be cool with each other. I want people to treat me like I treat them. You would never, ever, ever catch me doing that. You would never catch me popping off fireworks in a residential area. You would never do that. Why would I never do that? I'm just so cool. I'm just so, uh, what, do you, what would I say there? I'm just so uh, legally binded in the system and so strict to the rules and all that stuff. No, I'm not. Not at all. But I'm very respectful to other people and their domains and their residents and their headaches and their children and their pets. Let's talk about smoking for a second. There's other people in the place where I record this. You know, they have, there's other places here. And sometimes those douchebags, I'm going to use that word a lot, but... Um, I like it. I mean, it's still very relevant. You could say douchebag. It's kind of little late 90s, early 2000s, but when you really think about it, the word douchebag is just really the first thing that comes to mind. 
First of all, it's 2020, people. Quit smoking. And I know you're addicted to it, and I know, fuck you, I'll smoke if I want to. It's my life. I don't care what you do to yourself. Kill yourself. I, I don't care. That's your right. It's your life. It's your body. You can kill yourself right now. Not telling you to, but I'm saying you can. It's absolutely as possible. Any of us can go into the other room or any room or sit right here. I can blow my brains out right now. I'm not going to. I have no inkling of wanting to do so, but I don't care what you do to yourself with a cigarette or a cigar or even a vaping pen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see I'm coughing for a reason because I have to breathe in your shit when you're smoking outside the front door. My son, when he comes here, we have to, as soon as I see a, a smoker, first thing I say is, uh, hold your breath. And I say it loudly so that dickhead can hear me. So if you're out there, if you smoke, fine, that's fine. It's your right to smoke. It's not illegal. It's whatever you want to do. That goes for weed smokers, too, just because you think you're cooler. Doesn't get you off the hint. I don't like smelling that shit either. Yeah, I used to smoke weed. I smoked weed every single day when I was in my 20s. But you know what? I don't want to do it anymore, and I don't want to smell it anymore. So, And I know it's legal here in Colorado Springs. I know it's on every single corner. You can do whatever you want inside your own car, inside your own house, whatever you want to do. It's your fucking lungs. It's your brain. Whatever you want to do. But don't put it in my lungs. Don't put it in my kids' lungs. Don't put it in anybody's lungs that doesn't want it. And if you're sitting outside of any establishment, a restaurant, a store, or my studio place, if, if that's if you're out there smoking in front of the fucking door, you are the biggest piece of shit possible. You're too lazy to walk 25 to 30 feet away. You could go right across the parking lot here into the little grass area and smoke. But no, you want to smoke right out front because I don't give a fuck. That's exactly their fucking mentality. What else, have I, what else haven't I covered? I know as soon as I end the meat section of this podcast, I wish Shannon actually was here because I could actually go back and forth with her. She could bring up stuff. Um, <laughs> maybe I haven't thought of yet, but uh, yeah, she'll be back next week, hopefully, and uh, we'll get back to the meat. I don't even know what ne next week's categories are going to be or the topic or anything like that, but <sighs> we got a pretty cool interview later on today. And I think I'm going to do a little product placement. And I think I'm going to go straight to that. Because you know what? Honestly, I don't mean to be negative. I don't. I don't want to be a negative person. It's you people. Not all of you, but you know which ones I'm talking about. It's you people out there that are making me so fucking negative. And I hate it. It's not good for me. It's not good for my psyche. It's not good for my health in general to be pissed off all the time at the stupid shit that people do. It just drives me absolutely crazy some of the stuff that people do. Here's one. I had my license plate stolen last week. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Somebody, I was at the, I think this happened at a store. I think it happened at a Safeway here in town because I don't, I remember seeing it, but it's not something you look at every time you hop into the car. You go, oh, I got my license plate, yep, got my lights, yep, got my wheels, everything's good. So I remember we were driving all around. My kid was with me. I could have been pulled over and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I, it was just gone, and I drove home. And if, if by any chance that the douchebag who stole my license plate is listening, which I highly doubt because you wouldn't want to listen to anything intelligent, um, 
it cost me eight bucks and a half hour of my time, so you didn't hurt me by any means, and I've already filed the police report. And I think I said something about this last week, maybe, but um, yeah, people like that, dude. That is just ruining society. And maybe I need to just make a million dollars. Not not a million million ain't gonna cut shit. A few million dollars a month, and just buy a freaking island, or just buy a piece of land out in the middle of Wyoming or something, and just. Put up a house that's, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes away from anything that has to do with other people. At least a good two miles away from the road. <sighs> Maybe I'm just that guy at this point. You know what? Well, we're doing pretty good with the side TV. We got a side paranormal. Starting all these city channels like the Colorado Springs channel and all these things. And we've got uh, the Billy Fred Whopper goggles. My son and I wrote a book. Check it out on Amazon. So, you know what? You guys need to... uh Start forking some money over. My next album with One-Eyed Buffalo, even though Dave is gone, I'm going to finish the album. Um, and when I say Dave is gone, he, he passed away. He's my best friend for 21 years, so I've been dealing with that. I'm excited to finish his work and put my vocals over it. So yeah, when, when the album comes out, you got to buy it. A side TV and a side Paranormal. You can go to AsciTV.com right now, buy it, $2.99 a month. $2.99 a month for Psy Paranormal. My book is only $14.95 on Amazon. It's called Billy Fred Whopper Goggles, written by me and my son. And yeah, there's all kinds of ways that you can make me rich. Um, <laughs> so, uh, maybe I'll put a donation button on the podcast or something like that where you can just give me money if you like the episode. But I'm not going to give you any money if you don't like the episode. So I need to get out of... Uh, and Colorado Springs is like always in the top five cities to live. And it's not the place, it's the people. It's the people. And I've lived in Oklahoma, I've lived in Texas, of course, I lived in Detroit. I lived everywhere for here, here a couple minutes here and there. Lived in Kentucky for a little bit, I lived in uh, Arkansas for a little bit, and, and I've been and I've driven in every other state possible. It's not the place, it's just there's shitheads everywhere. And it's, you know what, and it's a small portion it's a very small portion of the population, like people that don't like cops. Guess what? I know some amazing cops. They bust their ass to do a great job, and, but there's that small portion that just suck. And it's like people, I hate white people. Well, you know what? <laughs> Why? Why would you hate white people? You hate all white people because there's that small portion that suck, and that's with any race. <clears throat> I'm sure there's Samoans out there that are just wonderful, amazing people, but there's that small population that just suck. And that's how you have to look at things. You can't make everything black and white. Everything is a different shade of gray. Not, not even just shades of gray, every color of the rainbow from black to white. Not that there's a black and white in the rainbow. I, you know what I'm saying, though. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's a metaphor and it works. Shut up. <coughs> I'm coughing over here. Somebody must be smoking around me. Anyway, you can't judge people by what they are. You have to judge people by who they are. And that's an individual thing. Characters, actions, and skills. That is how I personally judge people. I don't give a shit if you're pink, purple, blue, green, orange, black, red. I don't give a fuck what color you are. I don't care what God you believe in. I don't care what sexual orientation that you have. If you have character, skills, and, uh, oh, fuck, what's the other thing I just said? <laughs> character, action, and skills. If you have great character, if you conduct amazing actions, and you have incredible skills, 
I will respect you. I will love you. And that's how everybody should be. Everybody should be like Brandon Bishop. Damn it. That's what I'm saying right now. Everybody should be. Everybody should hate the things that I hate and call people out for doing it. And everybody should love everybody on their characters, their actions, and their skills. Product placement. Brandon likes this stuff. Okay, enough bitching, Brandon. You bitched all through the intro, you bitched through the headlines, you bitched through the meat of the segment. Now, let's talk about something fun. Really fun, actually. And again, the product placements here are not companies that are paying me. They're not products and services that are given to me. It has nothing to do between me and the product or the business that owns the product. These are just things that I like, and this is something that I actually got for my kid uh, at Christmas time this year. It's called the Oculus Rift. Now, we've always wanted to dive into our own video games or dive into movies. and We wanted to be more of a part of the game because you, know, you can play with a controller in your hand. And yeah, sometimes you can get a good feel of it. They got great graphics, amazing graphics nowadays. But the Oculus Rift is a virtual reality gaming console that just, you hook it up to your PC and you're in the damn game. It's... And you know what? Maybe I'm a little old on this. I know it's been out for a while. I know there's been different generations, and damn it, they just released a brand new one after they. I just bought the old one. So I have the Oculus Rift, and we have the Oculus Go as well, which is a portable one that you don't have to hook up to your computer. But now they've got the Oculus Rift S, which you don't need uh, the sensors and all that stuff that we hate dealing with. And uh, that's really the only negatives about it. Uh, except for sweating <laughs> it makes your face sweat let me talk about some of the games that i've gotten my kids so far do you, do you know the um the five nights at freddy's it's it's a mobile app game and on the phone when you're playing it on the phone it freaks you out to a point of a nervous convulsion now imagine being in the game not just looking at your phone but being inside the game and all the animatronic teddy bears are coming to life my son did a uh, episode of his show called Dead Zombies, which is on Asai Paranormal, which you can watch at AsaiParanormal.com. It's a video game show where he just plays zombie games. We, he's done Resident Evil and The State of Decay and stuff like that. But he just did one on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, the VR one, which is called, uh, I think it's called um, Open Something. I forget, man. Um, if he was next to me, he'd correct me. and Dad, you're getting it wrong. You're screwing everything up. Uh, anyway, he literally had to take the Oculus off his head when the thing attacked him, and it was just creepy. I played it for a little bit, and I was just, you know what? Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the equivalency of riding a roller coaster that if you if you have a fear of roller coasters. For me, I hate spiders, so it's like the equivalency of putting a live spider on my face or something. It's that damn freaky, and if you have the Oculus Rift, get that game now. There's other games that are awesome on there. If you want a home workout, the boxing game Creed, which is off the Creed movies with Sylvester Stallone, and it's um, fantastic. It's after the graphics are fantastic, and you have to go through a gym, like a boxing gym, and go to a workout. Now, I recently was working out at a boxing gym, and uh, here in town, Victory MMA with Gilbert Smith. He's amazing, and uh, it goes through a lot of the same stuff. And granted, you don't have Gilbert. <laughs> who's an intimidating son of a bitch breathing down your neck and telling you to do stuff right. 
well, you will break a sweat playing this game. And then you get to fight your way up the circuit. You start in small little gymnasiums and stuff that have terrible lighting. And then you move up to the championships. And I think I've only had like 10 fights. I've lost a couple, so it's not easy. Um, my only complaint about that game is you start punching fast enough and then the controllers don't keep up with you. Maybe I have a low battery or something. I don't know. I should check that out. Other games, uh, The Climb, which is the first thing. I did a Best Buy demo uh, for the game called The Climb, which is basically rock climbing. And they got all these different scenarios and all these different uh, mountains and things that you can climb. Um, Chantel Denga, who's the host of A Call to Adventure on Asai TV, uh, she came over a couple days ago, actually, and played it. And she uh, had a <laughs> hell of a time staying on the mountain. But she's an experienced rock climber. And um, it's just a great game. Other games, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun playing the Ang another mobile app game, Angry Birds, which is kind of, you know, outdated. But if you play it on the VR, on the Oculus Rift, it's, in it's incredible. And also you can watch Netflix on there. You can watch Hulu on there. Uh, the Go, the Oculus Go is really good for that. You can just sit on your couch and you could be on a beach. Like, <coughs> excuse me, you could be on a beach watching the this huge screen and watching Rick and Morty on Hulu or something. And it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, also, like WWE has uh, VR Next, they have some of their pay-per-views and stuff on there, where you can you're basically in the ring, and as a wrestler, it really makes you feel like you're you know, like I was back in the ring, to be honest with you. And uh, it's really it's so many cool things, man. And just like interactive stuff, like Rec Room is really cool. If you like Roblox and stuff, there's a ton of games, and if uh, you can afford it, it's about about three hundred ninety nine dollars, but. So is an Xbox, so is a PlayStation, so all these things. So if you can afford that and you're looking for something to get your kid or yourself, Oculus Rift, man, or at least the Oculus Go, go out there, check it out. I'm sure you can return it in 30 days if you don't like it, but I know that you're going to like it. And this was product placement on the Brandon Bishop podcast. I was not paid for any of this stuff, nor was I given any items or anything. I wish I was. I wish they'd give me the new Oculus Rift S in exchange for me putting them over every week. Because I will. I'll do product placement for them every single week and save me 400 bucks. Wow. Anyways, Oculus Rift. Go check it out. I think, like, PlayStation has a cool VR thing as well. I've never touched that. I don't do PlayStation. I'm an, I'm an Xbox guy. But, um, you know, I, should, I wish my kid was here. He's, he's with his mom. But he could tell you a lot more. Maybe, uh, maybe next week we'll have him chime in on the product placement segment, and he can talk about things that he likes, because that's where all my free money goes anyway. So, <laughs> Well, like I said, I have a special treat um, as an interview. Conrad Thompson was actually supposed to be today's interview, but he's got some things. If you're a wrestling fan, you might know that he's got some things going on. And we're going to cover that in another podcast that I'll be hosting called the Nine Mile Drive Wrestling Podcast, uh, named after my old finishing move when I was a pro wrestler, uh, the Nine Mile Drive the um, guest that I have is, it's, it's more than a celebrity to me. It's my first celebrity ever. It's my mom. And I know you're thinking, oh, jeez, he's going to interview his mom. He must be really desperate to get somebody on there because he had a cancellation. Uh, no, it's not that at all, actually, asshole. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding with you. I'm kidding with you. It's she's actually been on my list. I have a dry erase board here I'm looking at right now, and she's like would would have probably been next week anyway. So it's a great honor to have her on the show. Uh, she was born in 1955, and she lived through the 60s and the 70s in downtown Detroit. And she had me at a young age, and she struggled, and she has just made it. 
She's made it through. She's a success story. And I've done a lot of bitching on this episode. So I want to kind of transfer it into something more positive. And what more positive can I have than she's my best friend now? It wasn't always that way. We, you know, of course, she, she raised me through the through the diaper stage, through the toddler stage, through the asshole teenage stage, into the asshole 20 stage, into the somewhat asshole 30s. And now I'm in my 40s. And like I said, we're best friends. And I talk to her every single day. So this is just going to be you chiming in on one of our usual conversations. And that's cool, man. We like I like to share. She doesn't like to share too much, but I like to share. She is a success story. I've been trying to get her to write a book. I've been trying to get her to uh, maybe do her own podcast or something because she's better at this stuff than I am. So anyway, this is my mom. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> How's your day today? I'm sorry. I, we had a guest cancel, which is, you know, these things happen. It's no big deal. People are busy and things happen. But uh, my mom's here for me again. I'm never too busy for you. Oh, that's so damn sweet. Well, here we are. We're pushing. Uh, the, actually, it's probably past the middle of 2019, heading into 2020. Who thought we would have lasted this long? <laughs> <laughs> When did I first meet you? When did I pop out of there and say, hey, mama, how you doing? Uh, October 30th, 1973 at 9.35. 9.35 a.m. or p.m.? A.m. Oh, so uh, that's why I like to wake up early in the morning. Is that <laughs> it? Don't they say things like that? Uh, it, 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 people that have nothing better to do kind of come up with, oh, there's, there's a reason that you like to wake up early. Were you a morning baby? and all that silly stuff. <laughs> we never really got into any kind of religious stuff in our family. We've never really got into any kind of zodiac type astrology or anything like that. And I'm actually happy that we never did because it let me figure things out for myself. Always tried to. So um, talk about those days because um, I, I tell everybody I'm from Detroit, but I wasn't actually hatched in Detroit, was I? No, you were actually born in Jackson, Michigan. Which is uh, not too it, close to Detroit. about an hour from Detroit. But we quickly got back to Detroit. Yes. And that's kind of been the, uh, the, the stomping grounds as far as when I was in diapers and when all that stuff happened. Tell me about the climate of, uh, just tell me about things in that period in the early 70s when, uh, uh, you look back and you, you hear stories about racial divide and just poverty and all these things that were going on. What was it like in our little household? Um, well, we all worked for a living and took care of you. So that's where our focus was. We tried really hard not to focus on any of the disruption that was outside of our small little world. Well, I have like flashes and of memories and stuff like that of, just people just walking in our house and taking things out of our freezer and stuff like that. Uh, I remember the old gray house kind of distinctively. I dream about it all the time. Uh, what, what are your uh, memories of that time or even before my time of just that era of uh, the old gray house that we lived in? And, and I know it's not always positive and I know it's not always uh, you know, fun to look back, but what are some of the things that you uh, distinctively remember? Well, the gray house was our survival house. It was a home that we could get. It didn't cost us very much. Um, the rats stayed to themselves in the basement. We They never came upstairs to to bother us. Um, I remember able to go down there. No, no one went in the basement because of the rats. I remember but, feeding the rats on the back porch 
Oh, I mean, those were not our rats. <laughs> okay, not our rats. <laughs> those were like the neighborhood rats. Because uh, my grandma, your mom, would we have these cheese puffs, if you remember, like the big balls that they're just called cheese puffs, I think. Yes, we got those from the government, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to get into that, too, in a second. Yes. But the, I would eat the cheese puffs, and the rats would lick off the, <laughs> the the orange residue on my thumbs and fingers and stuff when I was just a baby. And looking back, I remember the rats being huge, but they I was small, so they probably weren't that huge. But they I just remember that distinctively, and then Grandma coming out with a broom and brushing them away, and I was upset yeah. with her. I was mad yeah. at her because these were my pets. <laughs> and we didn't allow you to sit on the porch much after that, either. <laughs> we would let you sit out there for a couple minutes at a time. And then once something like that happened, we were out there with you after that. Yeah, we were actually, our house was at Lincoln and Holden. If you're familiar with uh, Detroit uh, geography whatsoever, not the greatest part of town, but I, we, we actually went back about you and I went back about a decade ago, about nine years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, just the house is gone, of course. And most of the city is gone. It's, it's, it was kind of a war zone. I've heard that it's gotten a lot better since our little trip there. Um, but there's still things that are there, like the trucking company that was across the street that used to help us a lot. Do you want to talk yes. about this? Um, and I was just sitting here trying to remember the name of the trucking company, and I can't. Um, but there were so many people over there that uh, they just watched out for us. They took care of us. They would bring us things. They'd bring us food. They'd bring us little treats, toys for you. Um, and then we also had the store, um, I think it was Scott and I cannot remember his brother's name that ran the little supermarket over there. And they would also, we could go any of that, into that store any time of day or night if we needed something and they would just give it to us. That's really cool that even in the middle of all the bullshit that was going on in Detroit, that people saw our little family, which basically was just you and me and, and your mom and my grandma. Um, I don't remember anybody else. I remember we had friends, um, the Lostifers. I remember them. I remember uh, Linda and, and people yeah, like Linda that. Linda was always there. Yeah, and, and these are these are inside things between you and me that people are listening to, and that's fine, whatever. If you don't understand what we're talking about, then just hang on until we talk about something you do understand. Um, you, you have to keep in mind that we had the 67 riots, and this was, what, seven years after those. Yeah. And the environment was different, but it wasn't like it was in that era or in that time, in, the, in like 1967, 68, 66, you know. So whatever was going on at the time was in nowhere near as bad as it was back then. And I know a lot of people like yourself and myself we don't we don't have a racist bone in our body we judge people on character and actions mm -hmm. uh, just like i was talking about earlier in the show and i think a lot of people from that era that lived through that stuff not that i did but i caught a glimpse of it i remember hearing the uh, the dreaded n-word all the time and that wasn't about anybody but me they called mm -hmm. me that because that's and I, I didn't know that even when we moved to the suburbs you know in the early 80s or whatever it was I still thought that word, I didn't know that word had a connotation towards anybody. I thought it meant just something they called me. So it was, it, it's kind of surprising that people that were brought up during the riots and during all the racial stuff, uh, which to a point still goes on today, nothing like it was back then. 
none of, none of these people are racist because they've lived through that crap and they're done with it. That's right. And it seems like there's mother this, included. Yeah, and it seems like there's this whole new batch of people that on every colored side, whatever it is, that want to keep it alive for some reason. I don't know. But uh, they, they don't know. They don't know true racial tension. They weren't being hosed down with hoses or, you know, being mugged on the streets. And they, it's, it's a whole nother ball game. I think people just want attention now and they use that topic to get attention, no matter what color or how much skin pigmentation you've got. And I, I think that holds true with anything that's in the media and gets that much attention. Everybody wants a piece of it. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to, but not everybody. A lot of people use that to get a piece of it, to be in the spotlight, to carry on some, I don't even know what to call it. Um, what would you call it? Just They would want to attach themselves to a subject to bring attention yes. to themselves through the subject. Yes, that's exactly it. And I think well that's the problem with social media. It's, it's relatively a new thing. And, you know, because remember in the 70s, what would you do if you had Facebook? I <laughs> mean... Yeah, that that would have been that would have been something you would have really found out what went on. To this day, I don't think everyone knows what really went on. But well, it's, they, if we would have had social media, then it would have been known. Well, they've got movies out like uh, When They See Us, which is on Netflix, a fantastic little uh, miniseries. Uh, what was the one about uh, the Detroit? Was it just called Detroit? Or something I think it was like just called Detroit. Yeah, that was fantastic as well. And it, it gives you a glimpse, but... Watching it on a television isn't the same as living in that climate. So, and, and it didn't last long. Did you notice that? Because it only gave you a glimpse. It left out things that weren't that needed to be said and weren't. So you you got a glimpse of it, and it didn't stay on TV that long. Gotcha. Well, I wanted to talk. Or was it advertised that long? Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to talk to you because this has been a, a, almost a negative show, playfully negative at times. Because of the headlines, and I just wanted to go over some things about disrespect and things that would drive me absolutely batty. Um, so I wanted to talk to my mom to kind of have a little positive note on it. But at the same time, it's you know we agree on a lot of things in social society today that both that drive us both crazy. Just the general disrespect, and I don't know if this is just something we notice when we get older, or if it's something that we just gotten a, a, awakened to but it's uh no you know. it was it was not like that before and everybody goes on about so-and-so life matters and this life matters but there are some people in the world where no life matters no one it doesn't care what color you are what race you are if you're male if you're female if you're a child if you're an adult none of it matters to them and those are the people where the disrespect is coming from and you know, then you've got the people like you and I, where all lives matter. We don't care. We don't I'm, see I'm, anything but a life, a person, and they all matter to us. I, so, I definitely cherish life. I cherish you. I cherish my son. I cherish my close friends and family. But, and the flip side, we're, I've said this probably five times during the show, where we're on a small blue dot in an endless universe, and really none of us matter. So, yeah. You know, but in our small realm of living and life, you know, if anything happens to you or my son, I'm crushed. If something happens to me, you guys are crushed. So it's mm -hmm. we all matter in our little circles. But I think everybody just lumps things in like, OK, there's all the Mexicans over there. There's all the police officers over there and they're all doing bad things or mm -hmm. no, it's not. Every, I, I just said this earlier. 
you have to take it case by case. Every single human being can be an asshole. Every single human being can be a fantastic person. And it's, it's a case by case, day by day thing. You can't just lump people in. The worst criminal in the world, Hitler, probably did wonderful things for certain people. You know, but it's, you can't just lump it all together and be lazy like that. You have to judge people by character, actions, and skills. And that is how you judge people, not by the, how much skin pigmentation they have. It's so damn stupid at this day and age. And you, you have to think also about how many people do you encounter during the day? How many people? And if that one person is an asshole or that one person is just, you just cannot say, you have to stop and think. But how many other people did I encounter today that maybe smiled at me or said, hey, how you doing? Or picked up something for me that I dropped. Or, you know, it's it's such if you, I think if you could stop and think about that, it would put a more positive spin on it because you I, I don't even think you could tell anyone how many people you encounter during a day. Oh, absolutely. Especially in the in the business that I am with the TV filming and the people all over the country and basically all over the world that I've been talking to and meeting and knowing. I got five thousand. I, I had to, like, get rid of some friends that I <laughs> on Facebook because I got the five thousand limit. And but, most of them are people I know and, and, I, and, I, and I love and I like and I do anything for. But what about the people you don't know? Those are the ones I'm talking about. You walk oh. down the street and you can encounter 10, 12, 15 people at a time. And all those people may not do anything. They may smile. They may not. They may. But they're not. I don't. I truly believe in my heart that they're not the majority. But everyone focuses on the majority because it's good news. It's good on Facebook. It's good wherever they want to show themselves at. That's what you're seeing more. You're not seeing all the other people that if I drop something, pick, reach down and picked it up for me. If if I couldn't reach something, reached and picked it up for you know and got it for me. You're not seeing any of the hundreds and hundreds of people you pass every day. You're focusing on one that did what they wanted to do. Believe me, they made an impact, however negative it was and however ignorant it was. They made that impact and they made everybody pay attention and they got a person upset, which is what they set out to do. If we cannot let them upset us, I think I, I just think it, it would be the world would be different. You know, if you could just go past and go, OK, well, you know, he's an asshole or he's having a bad day and go on about your business. But we don't. We dwell on it. We put it on Facebook. We talk about it. We take pictures of him and get him even more angry. I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm learning. That's where I got some of my information, but you know, I know I I'm totally guilty. If you just stand for a minute, find some place when you're going into a store, and just stand there for a minute, and just do a a what is it a 360, and just look around at the number of people that are coming near you, by you, you know, and and you, and they're not engaging with you. They're not upsetting you they may make you happy they may not even do that but for the amount of people we encounter you know everyone is so busy like i said focusing on that one bad thing so they can show everybody oh look what i saw oh look what this person did but how many people you know now people are trying but how many people put on somebody just smiled at them this guy was really nice. He smiled at me and I needed to reach the top shelf and he got this down for me. That really made my whole day. I very rarely see anything like that on Facebook. 
Absolutely. And I try to be that person all the time. I really do. You can't do it for everybody, of course, but I really try to be the person. Mm -hmm. who, and you do. I taught you well. You did treat me well. You've been a fantastic <laughs> mom. I taught you very well. <laughs> I'm very grateful that you're my mom. You're, and even though you live in Michigan and I live in Colorado, which sucks, but sucks. yeah, it does suck. I mean, I got a feeling that we'd be having lunch every other day or something like that. Oh, at least. And I try to make it up there as much as I can. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. My son lives here. So of course I'm not leaving the boy even, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things. But one thing that you said, there's, there's people everywhere and they all have their own stories and they all have their own struggle. I've recently talked to somebody who I consider a good friend. And I and I said, look, I, I don't care what what color people are. I, I don't care. I never have cared. And he goes, well, then you don't understand my struggle. And then at that kind of like I didn't want to argue with the guy because I, I respect him greatly. But I don't have to care about your struggle. What about my struggle? You know, what yeah, about us? What about it doesn't our? Doesn't have to be the same. Exactly. What What about you know your mom, my grandmother, that was getting attacked on the street, and even uh -huh. you. And then you know how how about we ate out of white cans and boxes for you know from the Focus Hope or whatever it was called, the government program mm -hmm. where we take water into the powdered milk, take the powdered milk into the powdered eggs, and then put the government cheese and melt it on top, and then eat it with a yeah. glass of orange juice that tastes like metal every day. That's you know, I mean, that is what I remember. And I wasn't complaining because I didn't know any better. I mean, but and they could have the same struggle, but they no one takes the time anymore to find out what someone else's struggle is. Everybody wants you to focus on their struggle without reaching yeah. out. And, and that's what I love, 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 love about not only doing things like this podcast, but the, the SI TV in general and even the Colorado Springs channel, which we're launching here pretty soon. Everybody I talk to, everybody I film has an amazing story, and I get to tell their story. So that is why I do what I do. Yes, it pays my bills, but that is the, the happy part of what I get to do being a, a television producer because I'm out there and telling stories that normally wouldn't get to be told. Mm -hmm. So, And uh, in, in the process, I get to tell my story. How much stuff have I shared from my life besides you know, my son? You've been on one of my shows before. And uh, you should do your own damn podcast because you're better at this than I am. But it, and it's, it's, it, I think it, even if it helps a handful of people understand that they're not alone in their struggle, that somebody could have the same struggle or a similar struggle. And just because they're, they're white or black or female or male or transgender or what, people can still have similar struggles than you. People, can have or get the same reaction from their struggle as you. And it doesn't matter, but people focus on themselves. You know, um, you know, I, I'm white and I struggled with the, you know, the, the riots and things that happened like that. But there were so many other people that, that weren't white that struggled with those. There were plenty of black people that struggled with those and Indian people and Hispanic and, you know, but people, internalize it so much and then they become angry and they lash out at the first person or whoever they think may not appreciate their struggle or may not feel bad for them. And now with social media, it's, it's just unbelievable how quickly someone can get upset with one little thing that's, that's said wrong. Well, everybody has a soapbox now. Everybody has this. Everybody's got a soapbox. You're right. And it's like, Hey, me, me, me. And that's fine. That's good. That can actually be very healthy. 
It could be a good outlet for the person doing it. And the person listening or reading could actually say, oh, hey, that's a good idea. You know, and I've learned a lot of things from people on, on social media and I've shared a lot of things with people on social media. And in the more recent years, I've been more responsible with it, not, you know, firing my opinions down people's throats and everything. And I promise that I'm going to be super nice this election season. I've made a vow. I, I saw that. I'm waiting. I'm making a vow to be super nice. Not on my podcast. No, it's all all ruled, all hands off on my podcast. Oh, yes. But I mean on Facebook. On the social media, I've got to maintain this executive producer, owner of a television network type of persona. You know, I'm pitching my kid's book out there. I can't be a, just a complete asshole all the time. Um, I want to be, but I can't be. No, you don't. <laughs> certain times, yeah. That's Your mama of, says no. Okay, mama only says when no. it's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a you're a success story. You may not think it, but you are absolutely a success story. I am extremely proud of you for everything that you've been through and everything that you've gone through, and some things that you're still going through. Um, but you're, you've made it out on the other end where you're you you're you're not in that old gray house anymore. You're not in anything close to that anymore. You're in a beautiful place right now with an amazing husband, Ron. You have three wonderful cats. You have a son and a grandson that love you more than anything. You've done it. I mean, I, I just want you to know that sometimes I don't feel that you do know that. And I think maybe sometimes you dwell on the past. Of, you know, I want to get into that, but. You've done it. You are a success story. You have an amazing. You have a job that people would probably fight for, and you're. It, that's even winding down to the. Pretty soon, you're going to get to retire and start. Yay! <laughs> right. But I just want you to know that um, I really appreciate you filling in and just doing this quick little conversation. I love sharing personal things about myself. I don't know why I do, but. Um. I think I've had it. Your mother's just the opposite. <laughs> well, I know, but you you should write a book because your story could inspire others to get through it instead of ending their lives or just settling for the mediocrity or the the pain that they're in. You, you you're a success story. So I really appreciate it. I'm proud that you're my mom. I strive every day to make you proud. I hope you know that. And um yeah. That's, uh, I appreciate it. I just always go by, and I know I never say the quote right, but Maya Angelou has a quote that says, you did then what you knew how to do, but when you knew better, you did better. And that's always what I've done. And if I, I did something wrong or something happened, okay, I, I, I got through that knowing what I knew how to do, but now I know how to do this better, and I can do this instead. And that's every inch of my life has been that way. And it's gotten you, every inch has gotten you miles. So, um, yes, that's yeah, well, a true thank statement. You, thank you so much for just talking to me. And, uh, I mean, we talk every day. It's not a, it's not a rare occasion by any means. Usually we're sending cat pictures back and forth to each other. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, um, I, my, my podcast feels better now. It's, it's, I can breathe a little better after yelling and, and being angry for the first half of this thing. <laughs> so, um, Mom always makes everything better. And I'm going to get back up there as soon as I can. I promise I'm going to bring my little punk with me. And Yeah, I'm waiting. We got stuff to do in my bedroom. What you, we do? Yes. We, there's always stuff to do when I come always up Always stuff to do in my bedroom. And I'm, and I'm very grateful to, to be able to do it. So thank you so much. And I love you, Mom. All right. Love you too, Brandon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Dungeon of Douches. These people are assholes.
You know, I said that I was going to stay positive from this point on, and I'm going to, even though we are at the segment of the show called The Dungeon of Douche. And how do I go from a loving interview with my mom, a poignant, important interview about society and culture and 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 how it was back then and how it is now and all these things and about you know my my life? How can I go from that to to a segment called the Dungeon of Douche? Well, I wanted to get get it over quickly. Basically, I, I I'm not. I already talked about the inductees for this week's Dungeon of Douche. It was at the the meat of the show, things I hate. And I'm gonna, and you don't know these people unless you live there. And if you live there, here's two middle fingers in your face right now. But it's the apartment complex behind the studio here that they pop off. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, my neighbors. that They're the ones we're chaining up by the ankles, upside down, in the rat-infested, dirty, filthy dungeon of douche. And they deserve it. These people are just awful. And I know I, I got to listen to my mom's advice. You know what? They got their own struggles. They've got their own stories. They've got their own whatever. But at the same time, fuck them because it doesn't take a lot to just realize that there's people literally everywhere that don't want to hear your music, that don't want to hear your fireworks, that don't want to hear you revving your motorcycle in a fucking apartment complex for an hour and a half. That actually happened. Yes, I don't like motorcycles either. You can add that to the things Brandon hates. I like riding them. They're fun, but you don't. I don't care if you're working on it. I don't care what you're doing. You don't sit in a parking lot around residential areas. Do that at the bike shop. Do that at Walmart for I don't care. You just can't. You you just don't. You just don't do stuff like that. Sitting there. I highly uh, recommend an episode of South Park. I can't remember what it's called, but... Uh, They just destroy bikers, and you know what? They well deserve it after all these years. Not for just the stupid shit they used to do in the past, but just for being a freaking headache on two wheels. Anyways, though, my neighbors, yes, you. And then there's this guy, actually, at my place, at my house, there's this guy, that neighbor, too, that just sits outside. I think he starts around maybe 11 o'clock at night. And just starts doing like arts and crafts or something. I he had like a so, I don't not a soldering iron. Those are quiet, but like a little like a grinder type of thing. And just to like one thirty in the morning until I had to just I said, dude, you do this shit all the time. You need to knock it off. Thankfully, okay, I'm not gonna put him in the dungeon of douche because he's just stupid and didn't realize that he was pissing everybody off. I've even heard his neighbors yelling at him before. Yeah, I won't put him in the dungeon of douche because he did quit. Now he goes to this front yard, so he's just pissing off other people now. So I won't put him. But the neighbors at the studio that are popping off the fireworks, and I talked about them earlier. I'm not going to talk about them again. You guys are this week's inductees into the dirty, filthy, rat-infested dungeon of douche. So enjoy your status. You suck. Welcome to the Hall of Respect. These people are awesome. I love them. Okay, now is the time where we're supposed to get positive. Now's the time where we offer praise and acknowledgement to those out there who are changing the world at just a day at a time. Just like my mom said, just holding the door for somebody or maybe, uh, you know, uh, just picking up after them. Or My mom actually was in a line at, the, at Myers in Michigan, uh, which is a big grocery chain up there, and... 
paid for somebody's stuff because they couldn't afford it. That's the kind of person that raised me. And I try to do that kind of stuff all the time. And I do a lot of stuff like charity stuff that I don't even talk about because I'm not the kind of guy that likes to get the pat on the back and said, oh, thank you so much for doing charity. Yeah, we raised $17,000 in the last year through different events and everything that I'm extremely proud of. We've helped about seven different families get out of extremely tight jams and I'm not looking for a pat on the back because you know what? My name wasn't on any of that. Those people don't even know I exist. I work through caseworkers and they give me families and all these little expo events and dog shows and stuff and chocolate and cheese expos and metaphysical fairs and things like that that you see me running, if you see me running them, that's where all that money goes for. Brandon doesn't get rich off of that stuff. And maybe I'm doing the whole pat on my back thing right now, so I'm just going to shut up about it. But there's a lot of great people that the reason we do the Hall of Respect every week, and I'm not putting myself in it by any means, but the reason we do the Hall of Respect every week is because I want to honor people that do amazing things that do amazing things every single week. I can think of 50 of them off the top of my head just here in Colorado Springs. And you know what? I might just get to them. Maybe they don't have to be national known names and stuff like that. Maybe it could be my friend Jackie and the uh, Women's Council of Realtors or my friend Yolanda, who's uh, always at these charity events, or my friend Johnny, who's also with the just always my friend Frank Sinclair, who's always doing, doing, doing and giving, giving, giving. Those are awesome people. And you know what? Oh, you know, I had this name written down and I kind of don't want to do it because I want to end off on a positive note, but I don't know if I can. I'm going to stick to the plan. Uh, This week's Hall of Respect recipient, inductee, honoree, is somebody we lost about a year ago. And um, he was an idol of mine, honestly. um, It sucks that he, he went the way he went, but... He's gone, but I'd still like to honor him for everything that he did. He brought the world together, and he put it in front of you on a television screen. His name's Anthony Bourdain. The reason I do the show, Go There, Eat That, on a side TV is because of Anthony Bourdain. No, it's not because of the clowns like Guy Ferrari or any of the other ones. It's, it's because of him. The way he was able to tell stories through the backdrop of food and all these different cultures and put them all in one place, go on, I guess, Netflix or whatever it is where they have his shows and look at the places that he's been and the people that he's touched and the people that he's showcased and the stories that he's told. That is what I want to do. Like I was saying to my mom, I love telling stories of that people normally wouldn't get to, to tell. That is my goal in this whole thing. Even on this podcast, when we interview people, we got some cool ones lined up soon. Even telling my mom's story or my own story. That is what I love to do, and nobody did it better than Anthony Bourdain. Um, Now that he's gone, I'm changing the format of the show, Go There, Eat That. I'm completely changing it. Uh, Before, it was more like one of those drive-in, diner, or dives type shows, and I always did the show because we were just there. We happened to be there. You know, I was filming somebody else's show. We're on the road with Amy doing UFO show. We're on the road with... You know, Garrett doing Lost in America or on the road with uh, Leo doing Sparkle Nation or something like that. I'm like, well, let me work in a couple of my shows, too. And that's how it worked. And I don't want to do it that way. I want to put more time in it. We're probably not going to do any more shows of Go There, Eat That episodes until 2020, to be honest with you, because I want to spend some time on it. I want to talk about the culture. And of course, we'll talk about the food, but. I, I want to get, I want it to be better. I just want it to be up to his level, not which I'll probably never reach. I'm going to try, but I want it to be 
Bourdain level. So that's, he's a hero of mine. I loved what he did, and um, I patterned a lot of what I am about to do after what he did. So I followed him from a chef's tale to, uh, I think that's what it was called, to um, no reservations, to no limits, to uh, the layover, all these different shows, uh, no parts unknown on CNN. The only good thing on CNN, if you ask me. Um, yeah, big time hero of mine. And if I can put my heroes and pay respect to them, even in a small way like this at the, the hall of respect, then uh, let's erect that building and start building uh, copper busts of all of these people. So I'm going to end it off on positive. I know he, he, I, he offed himself or whatever, man, but I know he left his wife and kid and it, it just sucks. And he had his demons and, but he, on top of everything, uh, was somebody who brought the world together and put them on a TV screen for the rest of the world. What else can you say about that? He was an amazing guy. He had an amazing talent. And uh, I miss knowing that he has another season coming out. I miss just knowing that he... I always thought... Here's the thing. I always thought that I would cross paths with him for some stupid reason. When we were filming at Katz's Deli in New York City for Go There Eat That, which was one of the first places we filmed, I sat next to the picture of Anthony Bourdain. I think I did a little segment. I don't even know where it's at at this point, where I was kissing his picture or doing some uh, homoerotic stuff. And I... (laughs) I just, I just want, he may have hated me, who knows, but I just wanted to meet the guy and uh, pick his brain and just sit under that tree for just a minute or two and learn as much as I could. But yeah, big time hero and uh, he's this week's Hall of Respect. Now it's time for the happy ending. Okay, cue the cheesy stock music that I, for some reason, enjoy playing at the end of these shows. The music that makes absolutely no sense. Where's that music? Oh, here it is. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. I literally just picked a song at random. (laughs) I like this. It's a nice way to come down from such an angry show. So what did we learn from this episode? It was kind of a weird episode. I was expecting one thing with, you know, somebody else, and then my mom picked up that ball and ran into the into the end zone and scored a touchdown. I learned that I uh, need to calm the fuck down, which this music is helping. Now, I don't know how to forgive people and just let it go. I don't... And I know it is... Well, it is... It, don't sweat the small stuff. I tell other people that all the time but I don't know how to do that myself at times when I feel disrespected and I really feel like uh, you know I could stop what's happening or call people out and at least let them know that I do it and it's not always I'm going to get myself shot in the head or something at one point but I just need to calm the fuck down but the thing is when it keeps going and going and going and going you reach a point where you boil over if you put the water on high heat for too long, it boils over and spills onto the stove. And then you get that And that's me. Anyways. It was really cool talking to my mom. Um, 
It's cool to get to talk about Anthony Bourdain. It is good to call out stupid people, though. I think if more of us did it and held society accountable, now we're not all police officers. I understand that, and I don't consider myself one, but I think we all need to call people out on their stupidity. Sure, there may be more fights and more arguments and stuff, but you know what? There's that anyways. So maybe that's what I've learned, that it's okay, actually. It's okay for me to call people out on their stupidity. And I just need to tone it down a little bit. And I also learned that it's really good to have a podcast to out all your grievances. It's a great outlet. It's very therapeutic. And my song ended, so I guess that means it's time to end this podcast. It was a cool one. I had fun. I had fun. I'm actually really calm right now. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm really calm. So my mom called me down, and that stock music that I downloaded from some site that I pay 100 bucks a month for or 100 bucks a year for also calmed me down. So, And knowing that you're out there listening and maybe you've learned something today also calms me down. All right. So until next week, <laughs> my name is Brandon Bishop, and uh, thank you for listening. Bye, baby.